Hey guys, welcome back to the FFP. Today we're going to be talking about our week five waiver wire pickups, including our top five. We like to do that. So basically, here's what we got. We'll put some timestamps down in the description below just to give you a general uh, time of when we're talking about what. But we're going to go over our top five guys. Those are your best options. They are must pick up players. And then after that, we'll go by position. If you felt like maybe those guys weren't available in your league or you just didn't particularly like them or you already had them on your roster, whatever it may be. So then we'll kind of continue on with those. And you were talking about this as we did our research. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of talent out there. Let's be honest, we're heading into week five. Typically, you start to see a drop off in talent and your options really begin to be purely one week plug in plays or desperation pickups. But there's actually some really talented players out there. I don't know what it is, parity in the league or whatever depth or coaching, but there's just there's options. And that's kind of nice, to be honest with you. There's nothing worse than you're in the championship game and you're desperate for talent. But it's like week 15 and you just don't have anyone out there. Major injury, something like that. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of talent out there we'll talk about a little bit. And I think, obviously, how you prioritize these waiver wire picks will be based on your need, your scoring system, things. We'll get into that a little bit deeper. Uh, but we're excited to, to give you guys some options, things you can look at out there. So join us for the rest of this video. And if you have any questions, that's a way we can really dial down and give you specific information. Please leave it on the video. Absolutely. Let's get into our number one pickup. So we do our top five guys. Our number one guy this week is Latavius Murray. Running back for the Ravens, who is 54% available. But before I get into that, we're talking about a lot of players today that I think have value out there, but don't overestimate it sometimes. you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to realize these guys are good, but you got to temper your expectations, certainly, to some degree. And I remember when Rondell Moore had that huge week, remember that? Yeah. And people were just going off like he's going to be great. And when we put him out here, we definitely said this is a guy you need to consider, especially in dynasty leagues. But we also said, hey, you need to temper your expectations. Some people didn't like to hear that, but I think we were spot on. Mm-hmm. Two weeks since then, he's been um, pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, but there are guys here that have value, and Latavius Murray is one of them. Now, I don't love him as a pick. I really don't. Um, but here's why you got to talk about this guy. It's at the one position we're going to talk about. There's some tight ends out there that are good. Yeah. There's quarterbacks. There's some wide receivers. But you know what's hard to find right now? Running backs. They are hard to find, and they're going to get more and more difficult. Well, here's a, test- come. here's a testament to how shallow there is you know, running back talent. A week ago, if you had said Latavius Murray was the number one pickup, I would be like, you're stupid. No. But apparently, there it is. And you did the research on it. Of course, I'll just pass it back to you to break it down. But I was really surprised. And then you kind of talked me into it about putting him at number one. Yeah, you know, and here's why I put him there. Once again, running backs are so hard to come by. They come at a premium. Um, and this one is tough. I had him on my roster, actually just dropped him. But Williams, the rookie running back that looks so good week one and week two, who, in my opinion, clearly looks like the best back in terms of running the ball. But you can see in his, his role has been reduced week after week. And then this week, he was just inactive, a healthy scratch. And so that's huge. The coaches came out and said they have no issue with Williams. Um, but they just really wanted to give um, Latavius Murray an opportunity to be the lead back at this point. But I tell you what, he was turning the wrong direction Williams was. Now, Murray hasn't ran great. It hasn't looked spectacular. Right now, he's got like a 3.4 yards per carry. But obviously, there's other things that the coach like, intangibles. You know, things like... And pass protection. That's so importantly, you want to protect Lamar Jackson. And you don't need a lot of production on your running backs because you've got weapons there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your best running back is who? It's Lamar Jackson in this offense. So yeah. you don't need a lot of production, but you need a guy that knows how to pass protect, that can do those little things. He's been linked for quite a while. He's a veteran, and he's dependable. And they're not afraid to lean on him. Last four games, he's averaged 11 carries per game. Today, he had 18. He's had three rushing touchdowns in four weeks. So he's getting the goal line carries on an offense that's very good. And those goal line carries are going to continue to happen for him. Also, he's quality in passing situations. Like I mentioned, he's good in pass protection. He's got good hands. He's got a receiving touchdown this year. He's a safe pick. I will say I think the ceiling's a little bit lower, 
because I think there's only so much he's going to do there. This is not going to be a guy that's going to bust out and average, you know, uh, four and a half yards per carry and be phenomenal. But he's definitely a quality play. And at this point, at running back, that might be all you can get out there. But sometimes you can win a championship if you plug things in here, buy yourself some time. Maybe you got a guy that's banged up. Uh, God forbid, maybe you have David Montgomery. And, uh, and We're not talking about that. Sorry, it's not fair. Him. It's been a bad year for you, right? It's been a bad year. Uh, and maybe it turns out that he's only out for a couple of weeks. But you know what? Um, a couple of weeks, a win here, a win there, everything matters. So having a guy like him can help a lot. Our number one guy is Latavius Murray. Yeah, you know, I think if there's one thing for me to add to that, and it just comes down to the fact that he hasn't been on that offense for a very long time. I mean, he played like two, maybe three days after signing with them, he mm-hmm. played with them. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to wonder, maybe I'm wrong in this, but Rob, would you say there's still some room for him to improve because he's going to get used to that offense? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, he's going to get better. You know, he's a veteran. Does it take a while to get in playing shape? Was he in good playing shape? I assume that a guy that's been in the league this long is already prepared to come and sign. But you're right. There is an adjustment to the the players, uh, to the new, you know, you name it. It's complicated. The NFL is a complicated business. Offenses are complicated. So, yeah, I think he's going to get better. I I don't think he's going to get four and a half yards per carry, but I do think his production will trend upwards. He can be more efficient. I just don't think he's going to be amazing, but he'll be a quality play for you. Yeah, and you know what? If at the very least... He comes in for a couple of weeks for you and makes some plays and helps you win some games. That's got to be more than good enough. Let's move on to our number two pickup. The number two pickup you got to consider is Dalton Schultz, a tight end. Now, one of the reasons he comes in this position is much like the running backs. Like, there's just there's no talent there. If Schultz is available in your league, he almost has to be the best tight end. Like, I don't imagine you're going to go in your, your waiver wire, your free agent market, and find a better option out there. Not only because there's not talent, but he's also been phenomenal. And it's really surprising to see that he's still 67% available. Does that make any sense to you, Rob? No. No, look at the last two games. He has been playing like as good as any other tight end in the league. Two games ago, he had six catches for 80 yards and two TDs. And last week, he had six catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. For tight ends, that's about as good as it gets. You're not going to... I mean, really, how often does a tight end go over 100 yards? Very rarely, much less commonly than wide receivers. Now, one again, one of the things is fantasy owners in a lot of leagues have been... They've just been behind the curve. This is going to be the last week that he will be this highly available because he is going to have yet another good week versus the Giants. Now, the Giants give up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends, but they've also done it quite embarrassingly. It's not like they've given up the fourth most and the tight ends they've faced have been Kelsey and like Gronk and like Darren Waller. No, they've given up touchdowns to back up Ricky Seals-Jones, touchdowns to Lee Smith. And then uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, Albert Aquin, you know what? I'm going to give up on that. But the fact of the matter is they've been giving up touchdowns to backup tight ends, tight ends that aren't owned in leagues, tight ends that just aren't good tight ends they've been giving up touchdowns to. Schultz has got a good quarterback. He's highly productive. And of course, he's capitalized over these last couple of games with having some banged up wide receivers and shown that he seems to be a pretty legitimate option. Yeah, we'll become Jason Witten for Dak Prescott. You know, I think you should love this guy. Another reason why we put him high on the list is because tight ends are hard to find at times. There's a few things I like about this guy. One, he's still pretty young. Two, he had good production last year. He had 63 catches, 600 yards, and four touchdowns. That's nothing to, to, to ignore when it comes to the tight end position. He looks really good. If you're in a dynasty league, he's got value. He's got value this year. Don't overlook this guy. He's going to be huge. He could probably end up in the, I, I think, He's a guy that if everything continues, he could finish five or six in the scoring as far as tight ends go. So you need to grab this guy now because, like you said, next week he's not going to be there. Yeah, and, and you know, most importantly, again, 
Tight ends, they're not going to get the same sort of volume that some receivers can. Elite wide receivers can see 10 catches a game for 100 yards. Like, it happens. Tight ends, you're not going to. So, really, what you're looking for in a tight end is what? Yeah, well, first of all, the big thing for them is, you know, targets in the red zone. Yeah, and, targets know, in the red zone. It's so. touchdowns, 100% yes. touchdowns. And if I look at a tight end that I think can finish with 10-plus TDs, like Schultz is one of the few guys. He really is because of how productive that offense is. Yeah, in fact, in today's game, if you watch it, he was uh, like an inch short of a two-point conversion and just missed another touchdown. He's being used more and more weekly. What I want to give ourselves a little pat on the back is a couple weeks ago and at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were huge on Blake Jarwin being the guy there, the tight yeah. end. And we actually came on and said, no, our money's on Schultz. We think he's the guy that's going to win this job and do it handily. And you need to look towards them. And sure enough, we're seeing that happen right now. Yeah, so if you're like me and you have Rob Gronkowski, pick up Schultz because now you've got your other tight end. But And wouldn't it have been nice if they told you early in the week um, that the reason why he missed practice was he has broken ribs in a punctured lawn, yet they uh, wait till Sunday morning, huh? Till Sunday morning, yeah. They they definitely knew beforehand, and you talked about we were talking about that the other uh, earlier today. Just like should we inve- should the league investigate? They're kind of being a little shady there, don't you think? Yeah, something doesn't quite seem right there. I highly doubt they just didn't realize that this guy wasn't going to play. You got a punch in line, he's going to sit out. So Gronk can't lift his hand up to write or sign anything, and they're like, "No, he's fine." It's a game time decision. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but anyways, all right, let's get to our number three pickup. So our number three guy is running back Damian Williams, running back in Chicago. 94% available. I like that. He's out there almost everywhere. Of course, he plays for Chicago. We talked about early in the video, David Montgomery injured his leg. Man, when he first hit the ground, it didn't look good. Now, it sounds like maybe it's not as bad as it initially looked, but we're not going to know for certain until tomorrow, until the reports come in. It looks like he might have avoided serious injury. But running backs are hard to come by. And I would say right where Damien's at right now is based on how serious the injury is to Dave Montgomery will determine where he's at. Right now, I'm okay with him being our number three guy. But I tell you what, if it turns out that it's an ACL and he's done for the year, Damien Williams should be your number one guy to grab this week. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. If, if Montgomery is out, and the reason we didn't put him number one, the reason he came in at number three is because we don't know. And what it sounds like right now is that it may not be a serious injury. But there have been no official tests, nothing from doctors, no MRIs or scans or like no information. So we can't even really begin to have that conversation. So he's a guy who if Montgomery is completely healthy and he plays, boom, he drops and you probably don't pick him up unless you're a Montgomery owner. But suddenly Montgomery is out for a couple weeks or, you know, maybe it's serious and it's season ending. Then, yeah, Damian Williams is a guy who's shown ability in the past to, to really take over in that role. Yeah, here's a guy that, uh, um, obviously, if Montgomery's out for the year, he's an amazing pick. I think at this point, it's probably not going to be a season-ending injury, but I would bet my money that he's going to miss at least a couple weeks, which means that he's a nice feeling for a week or two as a waiver wire, so he's still worth it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a guy that's not just a backup of veteran. He's actually, at points, look like he can be very successful. He's proven he can take that lead position. 2019... He finished the year very strong. He went to the postseason for Kansas City. He was their lead back and was phenomenal. He had six touchdowns in three games. Then he held out in 2020 due to COVID concerns, so he kind of held out. Now he's back. And today he looked very good filling in for Montgomery. He had eight catches, 55 yards, two catches for 15 yards. He also had a touchdown. So this is a guy that could fill in there and not just be that guy that's going to push the pile like a Peyton Barber, but yeah. a guy that can get out, catch the ball, do some things, and definitely help you quite a bit. I think you need to grab him. Once again, who knows? I remember a couple years ago, I think it was Cooper Cup had an injury, came back a little bit early. People don't know if he was 100%. He re-injured it towards the ACL. You know, you just don't know with a running back like this, the severity of it. Or, um, you know, is he one more play away from totally doing something disastrous, injuring or re-injuring, whatever that was that he has. 
I think you got to grab this guy. Absolutely. Let's address a few concerns. One, guys, we know that offense isn't phenomenal, but take a look at, say, that Rams game. That passing game was extremely unproductive. And you know what? David Montgomery, fantasy-wise, was fine. And so we've seen that for some reason that Bears offense, they're getting fantasy points to their running backs even if the offense isn't insanely productive. And two, you look at his first game, Justin Fields was horrible. He was okay his second game. You know, maybe he's going to continue to get better. Maybe every game, you know, he's going to get a little wiser, make a few more plays, get an extra first down here or there. Like, when you've got a quarterback that young, and you got a quarterback who's basically two games into his NFL career, like, it's got to get at least a little bit better. Even if he's not the, the future franchise QB of the Bears, it's not going to look like his game one. Yeah, he looked considerably better in game two, and I think he will continue to improve. He's got some weapons on there, and so, yeah, that's an that's a offense that's not spectacular, but it's definitely worth a grab. So our number four guy on the list, fourth guy they think you need to consider is a wide receiver for the Jaguars, who's 42% available, and that guy is? LaVisca Chenault. There we go. And I think you probably know why we're going to say that. DJ Chark went down, he fractured his ankle. Now, this is a big second-round pick. This guy's big, and he's physical. Last year's second-round pick out of Colorado. And going into this year, there's a lot of experts in fantasy that really thought he was the guy on that team that you had to grab. He looks like he was the better of all the wide receivers there. But now with Chark going down, that just solidifies his role and his value in fantasy. He had a pretty solid rookie year. In 14 games, he had 58 catches, 600 yards, and five touchdowns. Pretty decent numbers there. Not bad at all, especially mm-hmm. when you consider the quarterback usually they had. I mean, last year, I mean, uh, they had a uh, guy just uh, the, the Gardner Minshew. Thank you. The, the stash is all I can think about. So more personality than play. Exactly. But if I can add anything to that, I'm just excited to see and, and I don't I'm sorry, should I let you continue talking? I just I was thinking a few things about it. Well, how about I finish it up and you can close this guy out here? Sounds good. So once again, so here we are, even before the injury, he's had a pretty solid target share three of the first four weeks. He had seven targets, seven targets, and ten targets. And that target share should stay stable, if nothing else, go up. And the other thing I like about you talked about rookie quarterbacks, there is an area there. I mean, that's a tough position to come in the the NFL and play, and Trevor Lawrence, he's getting better. You can see improvement there. He's going to continue to get better. And then the final thing that makes me like this guy, other than the fact that Chark is out of the way, he's going to get more targets, is that this team will be constantly playing from behind. He's going to be a good volume play, I believe, the rest of the year. Go ahead. No, absolutely. I was just going to say that. You're talking about the volume's going to go up. We know that. But what's he going to do with the volume? Well, again, we got to look at the quarterback, and that's what really matters here. And it's a perfect situation. He's had some really rough moments. And if he continues to have rough moments and throw interceptions, that means more volume for the offense. It's not necessarily a bad thing for fantasy, and it's certainly not a bad thing if he starts to play better. We like to call that the Winston effect. That's the Winston effect. We used to call it the Bortles effect, but that was quite a while yes, ago. Yes, and that was Winston, yeah. Through the picks, you have to throw them all. It was a win-win for everybody. Yeah. All right, so the fifth guy that you need to consider is another tight end, which, again, maybe that just comes down to the position, but Mike Gesicki, he is 33% available, which isn't super highly available, but, again, it's kind of like just if you had three people in a room, one of them would have Gesicki available in his league, I guess, a way to think of it. But he's really stepped up the last two games, and and you said it. As soon as Tua went down, you said it. Brissett is going to lean on his tight end more than Tua was going to. I don't know if that's just a most backup tight ends tend to or quarterbacks tend to do that, but especially because I think Brissett played there in Indiana in Indianapolis. Excuse me, he loved to throw to his tight ends as well, and so we've seen that. Uh, not last game, but the game before, he had ten catches off twelve targets for eighty six yards, and last game he had five catches for fifty seven yards and a touchdown. So really. He did see a big increase in volume there, and I think he will continue to. Those games were not a fluke. 
you know, hey, we've talked about this in weeks past and videos past. He's inconsistent. He's all over the place. He's great. And then he's bad. That makes people nervous. So when you see those last two games, people probably think that's not going to continue to happen, but it probably will. Again, at least from the perspective of the volume. Would you agree with that? So who could you get ahead of him that you know you can trust each week that you know is going to be a stud? Okay, Kelsey. Um, Andrews, I mean, he's been okay. He's decent. His quality is not great. But he's got the same issue. Yeah, George Kittle's had some injury issues. He hasn't been the old George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts is amazing. Hasn't put up the numbers yet. Like, there's nobody out there except for, like, you know, Kelsey and, of course, the tight end for Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, Waller, um, other than that, you're not going to get that guy that's going to be amazing. It's at a position where you're going to kind of, that's kind of what you're going to have to live with right there. And I think he's mm-hmm. a decent play. He'll have his bad weeks and good weeks. Um, you just got to roll with the guy. Yeah, so this week facing the Buccaneers, and the reason I want to point that out again, this isn't a start-sit video. He's got value more than just this week. But the, the Buccaneers have shown they're, they're somewhat vulnerable to tight ends, and they're going to put up a lot of points on the board, forcing Miami to throw the ball. He should again see lots of volume. And if he has a third straight week of production, that availability percentage is going to drop. He's another one of those guys that you just can't wait another week to pick this guy up. In fact, we were probably right in our last couple waiver wire videos to say you should have picked him up then. But um, I don't have anything more to add to that. You know, not a huge Jacoby Brissett fan, but you know, he, at least he's a veteran, right? At least he's been a while and he can run the offense a little bit. It hasn't looked too horrible. In fact, versus the Colts, he looked they kind of looked all right. Not great, but you know, not, to, not as bad as it could be for sure. All right, so let's get into the quarterbacks now. And there's a lot of options of all the positions in fantasy football. This has the most talent from week to week. And it's also the the position that you can probably depend most upon matchup for your starts. And and would I be right to say that, um, you know, when there's the balance between talent and matchup that you can lean pretty heavy on matchup when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it's easy to position a stream. If you try to stream running backs, that's a lot more difficult. Wide receiver distribution, you don't know. But quarterback is the one position where I'm the most comfortable that probably in defense. In defense, yeah. So we got, I would say, a few more guys here talking about just four quarterbacks, but I think four is more than enough. Uh, the first guy is Matt Ryan. He's 47% available. And as always, you know, we get complaints every couple weeks. Somebody comments, that quarterback stinks. That offense stinks. I'm not, I'm not talking about how good they are. We got to talk about how good they are for fantasy. Matt Ryan, he's going to get four touchdowns last game. He's got eight touchdowns in the last three games. Because as bad as the Falcons are, it's helping them put some numbers up. And while they struggled brutally week one, they've actually slowly gotten a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. This week, they go up against the Jets. And again, this isn't a start-sit thing, but you kind of do you feel like you have to address the matchup in a waiver-wire thing? Yeah, just, definitely. Just so, simply to put, like, this is what you're going to expect from them this week. One, if you're playing them as a one-week plug, that, that matters. But also, two their waiver wire availability is going to change after that week. And so they go up against the Jets, the Jets' third fewest fantasy points to QBs, but they've done that against Darnold, Mac Jones, Bridgewater, and Tannehill, not the most elite quarterbacks to go against. And they're averaging just 11 points per game, boosted by that last game versus the Titans where they put up 27. So again, this is a great matchup where I think uh, Matt Ryan is going to have another Another good week, but he's just one of four options. So let's move on. Let's talk about another quarterback. What about Sam Darnold? 63% available. He put up four TDs last game, two on the ground. He has been extremely productive. In fact, he hasn't had a single game this year with less than two touchdowns. He's been getting you at least two every single game. And so I really like that dependability, and that's really what you get with him and his legs. That's what's really helped boost him a bit. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. Right now he's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I'm not talking about quarterbacks. I'm talking about the NFL, even amongst running backs. Some would think, okay, maybe he's had a bunch of one-yard goal line plunges where, you know, just kind of stretch the ball over. No, they're actually calling plays, drawing it up for him to to run the ball. So they're definitely using him around the uh, the goal line. And they probably will continue to do that, especially until uh, Christian McCaffrey's back. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's the thing with the running game. Chubba Hubbard has come in and been more than good enough, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was so good that there were situations where – do we run it? Do we pass it? What do we do? Well, you know what? You lean in favor of the best running back in football, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, with Chubba Hubbard in there, if you've got that question mark, you let Darnold do work because he has been very productive. And we pointed this out, and I'll say it again, like these last few games aren't a fluke. This is the best coaching staff, the best offensive line, the best receivers, the best running back. This is the best team he has ever played with. So I think he is a guy that you can depend on. Should be another good week for him. We got to talk about Daniel Jones. You mentioned this. He looked pretty legit last week versus a uh, a pretty darn good Saints defense. Threw over 400 yards against a team that completely shut down Aaron Rodgers. That's I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, one, I think that uh, you know we think back to last year where Daniel Jones struggled so much, but we forget in year one when he's a former first round pick. In year one, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he did it against New Orleans team, but two of his top weapons were out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a guy that's very talented. He's got great legs, athletic. He's making better decisions. I think he's going to be uh, the the real deal, legitimate quarterback that you can play. Um, he's still young, so from time to time, he's going to make some mistakes. He's not like he's you know Pat Mahomes, but uh, I don't. I think he's going to evolve to the point that you actually can use him as a starting quarterback and not just as a stream. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's where you're at now, but I think that's the trajectory of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a guy to pick up. Won't get into his matchup this week, though it is a good matchup for him. Um, but he's sort of like Sam Darnold, where he's really gotten that passing game together. His mobility has helped him out a lot. And the thing you want to really note is that his year two was a really bad year. But he had that ankle injury, and we just, we've just we seen it time and time again. Mobile quarterbacks hurt their ankles And you know what happens? It hurts the passing game because they depend on their ability to buy time, make plays, and keep defenses on their toes. So that is definitely something to note. A healthy uh, Daniel Jones is a pretty good fantasy option. Finally, I wanted to bring up one more guy, 90% available, Taylor Heineke. He scored three touchdowns in back-to-back games. He has looked, you know, surprisingly well. I don't love him as much as the other three guys. I'm not huge on him, but I wanted to throw one guy out there that was super highly available for those of you who may be in two quarterback leagues. If if we don't do some of these guys, we'll almost inevitably get a comment about that. So I figured I'd put him out there again. He's not at the same level as those other options, but he has been pretty good. And he would be higher if he had more wide receivers to work with, but he really doesn't have a ton of options right now. Yeah, he did get Curtis Samuel back today. That's going to help. Um, but he could use something else. Of course, Logan Thomas got hurt, so we'll have to see that. And that might be just kind of a not a net gain if Thomas is out, but he's got Curtis back. But certainly, um, yeah, I think the guy's uh, doing some great things. There. It's a great story to watch NFL. I'm having fun watching him. So I'm going to cover the running backs. I'm going to give you a bunch of things to consider out there. I'll go real fast on the list. And like I said to begin the video, if you have a question specifically, ask us. It's easier for us to tell probably where you need to go direction-wise as far as your waiver wire claim. Another guy you need to consider out there is Marlo Mack. available. Running back, of course, backing up right now, Taylor, for the Colts. But he's asked for a trade, and the team's granted him that. They're actually actively searching for a team to trade him. And it's not like he's having a bad attitude. In fact, it's an amiable split for both sides. Sounds to me like they love this guy. He's got a great attitude, and he wants to go where he can be used and be a starting running back. Mm -hmm. So they said they're going, and they're shopping him around. He's got a career 4.4 yards per carry. In 2019, 2018, those two years, he averaged 77 rushing yards per game. 
That's on pace for 1,232 yards per season. He's decent in the passing game. He's a quality running back out there that I'm certain is going to land on a team right now that's hurting for running backs. And there's a lot of teams like that. You think about um, a couple of off my top of my head, I thought about San Francisco, Baltimore. Uh, like I said, maybe they go with Latavius Murray. There's a lot of teams out there that are struggling to find a viable veteran running back. So I think he's going to land in a good situation where he could be a viable play. But you need to pick him up now because people are starting to grab him just in case. Mm-hmm. Another guy out there that you got to keep an eye on is Kenneth Gainwell. Running back who's 71% available for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a rookie out of Memphis. He's a guy that's very active in the passing game. And today, um, to the disappointment of a lot of Miles Sanders owners out there, he got a red zone carry. And I'm not talking about like a sweet play, but he's lined up in the backfield, got the goal line carry and converted to a touchdown. He had three carries for 31 yards, six catches on eight targets. Now, I like Miles Sanders. I really do. I don't quite understand why they won't stick with this guy and feed him a lot because I think he's very talented. For whatever reason, they're hesitant to use him heavily. And Gainwell, due to his size, and the fact that I still believe that Sanders is a solid player, I don't think he's suddenly going to become like the lead back that you can you know, lean on every week that's going to get the majority of carries. Yeah. And because he's smaller, it does limit his ceiling. Now, some of the production he had today, too, if you look at it, probably is the fact that they're playing from behind. They use him a lot in passing situations. But don't let that fool you. The Eagles like this guy, and they're finding a lot of ways to use him to involve him in that offense. He's got a very solid role in the passing game, and so that's going to make him a better play in PPR leagues, but you've seen his role grow. So he's a guy that's electric. You've got to have him out there. You've got to watch this guy. Okay, now here's where I eat some crow. Um, how do I say it? I guess I'll just throw it out there to you guys. Let's talk about Cordell Patterson. Um, 25% available. That's not wildly available for one in four of you, though. He's available in your league. And I'm going to have to admit this. He's a guy that I said is a journeyman. He's probably not going to keep up that production. I still think at some point he's probably going to have a fall off in that production. Yeah. But I need to humble myself to say, okay, after four weeks, you can't ignore the guy anymore. This team has found a way to use him, not just in gadget plays or kickoffs. They found a way to integrate him in the office. Here's the thing I love about him is he qualifies as a running back or wide receiver in almost every league out there. In four games, he's had good usage. His carries have been consistent, 7, 7, 7, and 6. And I think those carries will stay about that level. I don't think he's going to get 20 carries per game. But I think they're going to keep him in that sort of range, maybe 8 to 10. I think the reason why he's going to do that, he's not necessarily been great running the ball, but he's been quality. He's been solid enough. And line him up in the backfield or in sweet plays keeps defenses honest. And I think they're going to start to use him in two back sets where he'll be out there with Mike Davis, and then he'll flow into passing routes. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to continue to keep him involved. His targets and catches are consistent. He had seven targets, seven and six. Today he had three touchdowns. And one of them was a really nice touchdown catch. I'm talking about, yeah. he didn't just blow coverage. He went up over this guy. He outleaped him. He tacked the ball. It was beautiful. And here's the thing, and this is the bottom line, is the quarterback has to trust you. And right now, Matt Ryan, he trusts him. Mm-hmm. He's had five touchdowns in four games. So Cordell Patterson is a guy that you got to pick up. I have to admit, a couple weeks ago, I was wrong. As of now, it looks like he's not going to cool down. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I, you know, you're absolutely right. Got to pick him up if you haven't. That's the tough thing about it, though. How many players do we see who have been journeymen in the NFL have one or two weeks that look pretty good and it almost never pans out? And it just felt like that with Patterson. It just felt like he was another one of those guys. But, you know, you look at the usage, it doesn't necessarily seem to be that. Now, you know, we'll see, does this last for the rest of the season? Does this carry into next season? What is his role really going to look like? Who knows how long this is going to continue for, but it's been a really surprising, to be honest with you. Yeah, the one thing that I mentioned, I still believe this could happen at some point. He's 30 years old, so that team, I don't believe Atlanta's going to compete right now. Yeah. Okay, I do think it's a rebuilding year for them. And so at some point, they're going to realize, okay, let's look to the future. Let's look to younger players. He's 30 years old. Will he get traded to a team where he can come in and do some of the things and add value to a team that's going to compete 
for the playoffs, especially with kick returns and things like that. So I don't know how long he's going to be there, but right now you can't ignore him. Another guy you may want to consider is um, McKissick, the running back for the Washington I want to say Redskins. Football team. Football team. That's, please get your name. Figure it, it out. Sounds like when movies, they make fake products, but it they does, don't try yeah. very hard. It's just bad. The Washington football team, or WTF as they say, right? Washington football, FTF, whatever. WFT. FTF. You're really bad at acronyms. Don't text. I know. It's terrible. So anyways, he's 61% available out there, and he's a guy that you can use in PPR leagues as a flex play. You have to have a league size of maybe 14 or larger. He's great in the passing game. Last year, he had 80 catches. Now, he had a quiet week one, but they've been increasing his role each week. And look at the last three games. He's had five catches. He found the end zone today. They're expanding his role in the passing game. So he's a guy in deep leagues as a flex play in PPR that you can use him. He's not a guy, once again, that I think you're going to trust your running back one or two, but definitely a guy that can win you a game here or there. Another guy you need to look at out there is Alexander Madison. He's 30% available. And we, you know what we saw last week? The guy was phenomenal filling for Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook struggled today, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it was off week. I'm not questioning Dalvin Cook. That guy is unbelievably talented. But maybe he's not fully healthy yet. Regardless, even if he is healthy, one thing you know about Dalvin Cook, if you go all the way back to college, what do you know about Dalvin Cook? Injuries. Injuries. This guy's fragile. And so um, maybe he's hurt again. Maybe he's not fully recovered. In fact, it's important to note that in today's game, did you know that even though Vikings were there till the very end of the game, that Madison actually had one more carry than Dalvin Cook? Mm-hmm. And if you own Dalvin Cook, you better handcuff him. Yeah. So I don't know why he's out there in 30% of leagues. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's why you got to hate leagues with a shallow bench. It's just not fun when you can't handcuff your players because injuries happen, and you really have to do it now. It feels like feels like getting on a plane that doesn't – like this is going to sound weird. feels like getting on a plane and putting a parachute on your back, and it's big, and it's uncomfortable, and you can't sit – but you know, inevitably, you had a dream last night that the plane crashes. You don't know when and you don't know how, but it's going to crash. And you need Alexander Madison on your back when it does. Yeah. That's the, weird, I don't, I, that's the weirdest way I've ever talked about fantasy football before, but that's got to be the only explanation to like why you keep him. Feels like a roster spot waste many, many weeks, and then Cook goes down, and you're so happy you have yeah. him. And that's a mistake that I've made before because I hate wasting bench space. We think it's a big mistake that fantasy players do that. But I've had players on my bench that are only a handcuff, and then I get impatient. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, no, I want to put a guy in that's got some potential upside. He's just a handcuff. I don't need him. And I'll get rid of him. And then the next week or week two later, my veteran gets hurt. Um, be patient with these handcuffs. There's a reason why you need to have them on your bench. So, Another one out there is Peyton Barber. Um, I don't like this guy. He's 64% available playing for the, the Vegas Raiders. That's another one. I just want to go old school and say Oakland, but Vegas Raiders. Um, to me, he's a pile pusher. Now, he had a huge week last week, but don't let that fool you. He's got a career 3.5 yards per carry. But he does have standard value when Jacob is out, mm-hmm. if he's in the right matchup. So you got to watch Josh Jacobs, see if he's playing or not playing. If he's out and you have the right matchup and you're in a standard league, then Peyton Barber could be the guy for you. Another guy to keep an eye on out there is Malcolm Brown. His role in Miami is beginning to expand. I'm not very excited about him, but you can't ignore him. Once again, all these guys you have to click on. You know, Most sites have a, a watch list you can click on. He's a guy you put in your watch list and just keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Another one out there is uh, Daryl Williams of Kansas City. 91% available. They've been increasing his weekly touches there. It is important to note, though, that thank God, because I just traded for this guy, that Edwards Hilaire, um, he's starting to run really well. But I, I like him as a guy that you need to keep an eye on there. Now, another thing to consider as we're beginning to look, and hopefully you're not 0-4 um, come out of this weekend or 1-3, but maybe you look and you realize, I'm in a dynasty league, my team's not going well, maybe I need to think for next year. 
A lot of times people forget there's guys on the IR that you can stash in your bench right now. A couple guys as Cam Maker, 95% available. Then you've got Dobbins, 88% available. Or Travis Etienne, 92% available. Another guy out there that's not readily available, but he is out there in about 25% of leagues is James Conner. He's had four touchdowns in two weeks. Now, he does have a lower ceiling due to Edwards in that offense, but he's in the best team and the best offense in the NFL. He's going to get goal line carries, so you could start him in standard leagues. If you're in a PPR league, I'd probably look elsewhere. A few more guys I'll just throw out there at you. They've got Eli Mitchell, who is 27% available, or Trey Sermon, 18%. Trey Sermon, who hasn't looked great, looked pretty good today. But keep an eye on the San Francisco situation. See kind of how that plays out there. Especially with the uncertainty at quarterback, right? It doesn't have a direct, you know, impact. But curious to see, like, what's this going to look like if Garoppolo's out, Trey Lance comes in, and he's the starter for a few weeks or maybe the rest of the season. Like, does that offense get better or worse? Yeah, it, you know, I don't know if it's going to get better or get worse. I think long-term they're going to be better. I'm not a big yeah. Garoppolo fan. We've talked about that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially what I do think is they're going to want to protect the young quarterback. And one of the ways that you do that is you run the ball so you see an uptick in carries. Zach Moss is out there in 20% of leagues. He was a healthy scratch week one, but since then he's had back-to-back weeks of double-digit carries over 60 yards. He's had four touchdowns in three weeks. He's another guy that's worth a look. And then the final one is Tony Pollard, 24% available. He's going to consistently the rest of this year get, and we talked about this before the video, I love what Dallas is doing right now. Ezekiel Elliott is still very good, and we said yeah. that. He's, he's still a great running back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they noticed that Pollard's awesome also. Mm-hmm. And so they're not decreasing his role. What they're doing is they're decreasing their passing attempts and increasing their carries. And right now he's seeing about 10, maybe 15 touches per game, and that's going to continue. And here's the other thing. You just never know when you're one play away from Ezekiel Elliott going down. If that happens, Tony Pollard becomes, well, where would you say he lands then? For me, he's an RB1. He's top 12 fantasy. But Absolutely, he is. That's just, a no-brainer. All of a sudden, you are, are sitting pretty, and you're, you're looking to win your league. So those are a few guys you may want to consider. But ask us if you have specific questions, because what your need is will determine. Are you in a dynasty league? Are you in a PPR league? Is your team out of it? Are you looking for a one-week fill-in? All these sort of questions will determine who you may want to grab on your waiver wire. So ask us, and we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to our wide receivers now. So now I'm going to tell to you about a few wide receivers out there, guys, you may want to consider. First guy I want to talk to you about is a guy that I really love, and it breaks my heart because I had him on my bench. I had to drop him this week due to injuries and pick up a guy. Um, was Darnell Mooney, wide receiver for the Bears. at 62% available out there. I love this guy. Now the problem, the reason why, because I actually thought about him, I like him a little bit more than Chenault, yeah. um, but the reason why we switch it up is, is really the quarterback issues to me yeah. make it really risky. He's going to have ups and downs. But the guy's had some solid lines this year. He had one today, a huge Five catches, 125 yards. He had one game with five catches, 26 yards, and six catches for 66 yards. So he's getting a lot of usage. They trade away Miller to the Texans because they like this guy so much. The Bears are highly, they think very highly of him. I love him, especially in dynasty leagues. I think he's legit. Now, I think this year he's going to be a little limited. You have a couple decent games, but I love this guy a lot. Any thoughts on Mooney? No, yeah, straightforward. He offers a ton of PPR value, and really what holds him back is the quarterback situation. You said it. That being said, and, and maybe I'm reading into it too much, I feel like there is a bigger upside from Justin Fields than Trevor Lawrence. And if you're looking for a pure upside quarterback, for me, Again, I go Fields a little bit, and I know that might be you guys might hate that pick, but that does, in my mind, feel like I might like Darnell Mooney a little more. Though, again, that is based off of long-term upside, doesn't account for risk. When we have, when we talk about all of that, and you need immediate fantasy value, it, you got to think Chenault's probably the number one receiver to pick up. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Now, the next thing I want to talk about, you, you like to make fun of me for being old. He's always talking about how old I am. But I tell you, never underestimate the old guys. So I want to talk about an old guy that I think you need to consider. That's A.J. Green. Feels like he's been in the league forever. He kind of has been. But this guy's very talented. Now, he's not the wide receiver he was years ago. But he is 77% available. Yes, I think he has lost a step. But here's the thing. He's lost a step, but because he's so big and physical, he's got good hands, and he knows how to use his body, um, he's still a quality receiver. Another thing I think that bodes well for him is that with Hopkins and all the other weapons that they have there right now, he's not going to see a lot of extra attention he did years ago in Cincinnati. He's going to see maybe the second or third cornerback. He's not going to see the extra safety. I mean, like, he's going to get good coverage. Mm-hmm. He's a solid possession wide receiver. Um, and he's been very consistent in his targets. Yeah. Week one, he had six targets. Week two, he had six targets. Guess what he had in week three? Six targets. Guess what he had in week four? Six targets? I'm guessing, if I was betting, probably next week, six. Um, those aren't great targets. I like to see a little bit higher, but those are consistent numbers. He's at double-digit points in PPR league, scoring three weeks in a row. And the last two games, he's had 10 catches for 189 yards. So his, his catches, his yards are good there. A few years ago, people forget, this guy was considered one of the best wide receivers in the game. He's still got gas left in his tank. Mm-hmm. And so I like A.J. Green as somebody you may want to throw in there that you can use in certain situations there. The one downside of them is they got a lot of other wide receivers and weapons there. Um, yeah. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but if one of those guys were to get hurt, Christian Kirk, or, you know, you talk about Hopkins, or the rookie there, more, um, that would actually bump his value up quite a bit. But don't overlook A.J. Green as an option. Yeah. And you got Jameson Crowder. Came back today. He's 81% available. He returned. No, this is a guy that if you look, when he's healthy, he'll gobble up targets and catches. He's got huge value in PPR leagues, but I would avoid using him in standards. He doesn't get a ton of yards. He doesn't find the end zone a lot. But he's a guy that could definitely go out and get you uh, 10 catches for 80 yards, and they'll continue to feed him. And then you got that second-year wide receiver. I believe he's second-year wide receiver for the Lions there. Quintez Cephas. Cephas. Uh, 84% available. He's another one there where I'm not maybe huge on him this year, but I definitely like the trajectory he's going. I like him for next year. I like him for dynasty leagues. And then a guy that had a good game, first-round pick for the Giants, Kadarius Tooney. I always want to say Tony Tooney. I know. It feels it, yeah. better. That sounds right to it me. It sounds right, but... Someone should tell him he got his last name wrong. Yes, tell him. Make it easier for us, idiots. So, um, He's 97% available. Former first-round pick this year. Went out, had a nice game. Six catches, 78 yards. I would like him a lot more this year, but I think right now he's more of a dynasty stash, and here's why. That team is loaded with wide receivers. Okay, so you got Shepard, who's been a quality wide receiver. He was out. You got Slayton, who's been good. You got Kenny Galladay, who had a good game today. Finally, you know, started to earn some of that money he's getting paid. Yeah. You got him on there. And they got another first-round pick on there that people forget. This guy was a former first-round pick. I think he was seventh overall. You know who he was? John Ross. John Ross, who, by the way, had a touchdown today. So that's five good wide receivers. And maybe their best receiver, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> that's true. Had a big touchdown today. So I actually like this guy, but I do think that he's probably more of a dynasty stash than he is a redraft use right now. But if there's more injuries next week, you could use them. Just monitor the injury situation and where yeah. they're at. Uh-huh. Uh, Jerry Judy. I know you have him in a dynasty league. I know it hurts you. I know you love that guy. Yeah. But he's 25% available. He's on the IR, but it's an ankle injury. He's about to come back. Mm-hmm. Grab him right now before somebody else does. Manuel Sanders is doing pretty good out there. He's having good production. 42% available. He's being used pretty routinely. And the other thing that we're happening in that offense, and we talked about it, we like Stefan Diggs, and we're from Minnesota, but we said he's not going to have quite the year he had last year. We're seeing it right now. Some of that production is going to guys like Sanders. Then you got Jacoby Meyer. I don't like that one either, but if you're in a PPR league, he's being targeted a lot, and I think they'll be playing from behind, except tonight I see that they're not winning. They're losing, or actually they're beating um, Tampa Bay. 7-3, that's, that's fun to watch, especially with the guy who caught the touchdown. We'll talk about him later, Hunter Henry. Yes. 
Uh, Henry Ruggs is out there, former first-round pick also, 44% available. Derek Carr is playing really good. Uh, he's the guy to keep an eye on. And Randall Cobb, I think this is going to be a sneaky pick. Now listen to me on this one, 94% available. I think he's reprising his role if he had many years ago. Go back to 2012 to 2015. He was a great number two wide receiver there. And I think he's selling in. You know, they've been dying to have a number two guy in that offense for quite a while. We all know how good Devontae Adams is. And I think that Cobb's going to see and has been seeing increase in usage. Today he had two touchdowns, very productive. He's a guy that you need to keep an eye on. Curtis Samuel came back today. He's 59% available. What I would say with him is I'm not going to grab him. I need one more week to see his usage. Yeah. So I would sit and watch. Um, Devontae Parker, 62% available. He's another guy that is former first-round pick, is talented, who's having decent production. The concern I have is the best wide receiver on that offense, hands down, is who? The rookie, Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Okay. Now you also got Will Ford that just came back. And so to me, that just makes me a little apprehensive as far as usage goes. Wayne Gesicki's role has increased as well. Yeah. So he's a guy that's out there, but I'd rather find a guy that I can trust a little bit more. And then the final guy I want to mention, and this is a guy that I would not consider in PPR, I'm sorry, I would not consider in standard leagues, but in PPR leagues, Hunter Renfro. He's 75% available. He gets targeted a lot. Mm-hmm. He it reminds me a lot. I think you talked before, would you kind of compare him to Wes Welker, was it? Absolutely, Wes Welker. In fact, I remember he came out uh, the year before they got rugs. I think that was his rookie year. He had a surprisingly good year. We had kind of projected that because I saw some talent and we looked at him and we're like, he had a pretty good rookie year. Not too surprised about it, however. And then it was weird that like his role hasn't increased since then. I don't know if that means that he's just a slot guy and that's all he'll ever be or if he struggled to develop or maybe Gruden just doesn't like him as much as, as he is capable or whatever it may be. But that's always been a little weird for me. I think he's better than he gets credit for. So that's what I have for wide receivers. Going back to, like you said, for running backs, if you want to know of those guys I listed who you should grab, let us know what your needs are, and we can tell you which one's a better fit for you. All right, so let's get into the tight ends right now. And a quick reminder, we've already talked about two good tight end options. In fact, we talked about the two best tight end options, one being Dalton Schultz and the other being Mike Gesicki. Love those guys. And of course, as we've already mentioned, it's a pretty shallow position for talent, so I don't have a lot to go over. We'll go over this quick, but there's a few other guys to consider. One, bring this up right out of the gate. What about Hunter Henry? I love that touchdown. What are they down? Three nothing to the Bucks, and he he brings that in. They actually get the lead over Tampa Bay, which I remember watching that. We were surprised when it happened. It was kind of, you know, kind of a fun moment to watch, but he's been slowly increasing his role in that Patriots offense. He clearly proved to the coaching staff and everyone else that he is the more viable tight end than Jonu Smith. And that took a little time, but now that we've gotten through that, it's going to be huge for his volume. He's got a coaching staff and an offense and a team that has no problem leaving, leaning heavily on their tight ends. We've seen this in the past, especially even young tight ends. Like They don't care if you're new to the offense. They will throw you the ball a ton. Of course, Mac Jones has not been phenomenal, but it seems like he's been getting a little bit better. His his week one was not so pretty, or his week two, but you know, it feels like he's stepping up a little bit, looking a little more more mature. They're going to continue to play it conservative with him, but as long as he can continue to get better, that's going to help those tight ends out even more. So you can consider Hunter Henry as a pickup. In uh, uh, looking at Dawson Knox, he's fifty three percent available. If you're in a standard league, Knox is a guy that you can look at. Now he has got four touchdowns in three weeks. He's only averaging you like three or four catches. He hasn't had a single game at or above 50 receiving yards. He's not a volume guy, but with how productive that offense has been, he's basically just got to be a basketball player. 
post up a guy, get the right angle, and pulling the rebound. That's basically what he's been doing, getting those red zone touches, and it's been there. Not my favorite tight end option, kind of, you know, of all the guys we've talked about so far, I'd probably put him fourth. So you got some better picks there. I don't trust the, the touchdowns from week to week. But if there were a tight end to trust those touchdowns from week to week, it's got to be a guy who's in that offense. They are looking really good right now after a slow week one. And of course, we have to address Rob Gronkowski is going to be out for a while with four broken ribs. That means Cameron Brait at 82% available. Um, not looking great. He did look good in the previous game, but in this last game versus the Patriots, I mean, he started that game pretty early on, had three targets, didn't catch any of them. And, and so that's a guy right there to look at and say, okay, keep your eye on him. I don't know about you, Rob. I would say watch, don't pick up. Yep. Um, and then the other guy being Logan Thomas is out. His replacement, Ricky Seals-Jones, is in. Not enough fantasy value there right now, at least from my projections, though. Seals-Jones did score a touchdown this year. So another guy to watch but not pick up. And again, the tight end position is super thin, so that's really all I've got for you. I wish I had more to talk about, but I'm not going to give you players just to say names. They have to have some sort of value. All right, so breaking down the kickers, not so fun, not so exciting. I don't know what it is. We never get comments about kickers. I know you guys need kickers. I just think nobody enjoys it, so we just don't bother. But we'll go through it anyways because some of you guys want that. Here's three options for you. One, I don't know how Brandon McManus is still 49% available. I don't get it. He might actually be more available after this. He did have a bad week last week where he only scored one point, but he hasn't missed a field goal or an attempt all year. And through the first three games, he was number two in fantasy scoring among kickers. He is a good kicker. It was one off week. I want to put that out there. Like it happens. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, you cannot be amazing every week. Like you're going to have an off week. Brent McManus, good kicker in an offense that's not afraid to put it through the uprights. Definitely pick him up. And his availability percentage, again, basically 50% right now, could go up. There, there might be an occasional owner here or there to panic on him and drop him. Rodrigo Blankenship, he is 52% available. He's averaging 11 fantasy points over the last three games. And let's be honest, anything at or above 10 for a kicker is pretty darn good. And we know how good he is. We saw him last year. The only thing that hold him, holds him back from being one of the best fantasy kickers this year is the offense a little bit. But maybe they're going to work some things out and get some improvement there. And then Chase McLaughlin, he is 88% uh, 88% available. He's been great this year too. He has yet to miss a kick all year. In the last two games, he has made two 40-plus yarders and three 50-plus yarders. He has been lights out, fun to watch, unless he plays your Vikings, but we won't talk about that. Uh, so again, real straightforward, real simple, as fast as I went there. Those are three options for you to consider. I think with how highly available they are, you should be able to find one of them in your waiver wire system. Let's go to our defenses now. All right, so taking a look at the defenses real quick, I'll say this right now. There's not a lot of defenses out there that I like this week. This week is very shallow for pickup talents, and I get it. And there's really, there's a there's a period of time in every fantasy season where it seems like there's no defensive talent, and here's why. Teams may get hot at the beginning of the season, they get picked up, and then, or maybe they start the season cold and they're struggling, and so you don't want to pick them up, and you're a little too nervous to go purely based off of matchup. Later on in the season, you can kind of see trends, right? Later on in the year, you start to see a defense begin to pick things up. They play a little bit better. They make some improvements, things like that. Uh, we're not far enough into the year yet to see a defense trending upward in that sort of sense. But there are two defenses to consider. 
The Indianapolis Colts are 51% available. They go against the Ravens. The Ravens give up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing defenses, and they did that against the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Lions in their first three games. They have, they're a good offense and they're a good team, but for some reason they've been fumbling the ball quite a bit and turning it over. So, you know, this could be a good week for the Colts, who, again, they've actually had a tough matchups so far this season. They played the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, and the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins last week was an easy matchup, but the Seahawks are a good offense with a good coach and a veteran QB. The Rams are a good offense with a good coach and a veteran QB. And the Titans, the Titans struggled week one and the, because, you know what, they went against the Cardinals. They got flat-footed. They didn't run the ball. They had some issues. In week four, they lost two of their best weapons, their two best wide receivers, so they struggled. But the other two weeks, they were fine. And I do think they're a very good offense. Maybe not quite as elite as some of the Cardinals or other offenses out there, but I think the Colts... Good defense so far this year, so I like them. And then Carolina at 66% available. Had a bit of an off week last week. They're still, I believe, fifth in fantasy points amongst defenses through the first three weeks there. They go against the Eagles. The Eagles have given up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing defenses. The defenses they faced haven't really been tough. They went against the Jets, the Saints, the Texans, and the Cowboys. Saints defense is good, but Daniel Jones proved that they are far from invincible. And then again, the Jets, the Texans, and the Cowboys, not good defenses. So Eagles are a good matchup. Carolina is highly available and and definitely um, a defense that you can plug and play this week. And that's just it with defenses. I'll talk a lot about that. You really just plug and play at this point. If you didn't get one of the top few, you probably aren't going to find one that you can trust for the rest of the season. So take it one week at a time. And hopefully next week we'll have a few more options available for you. All right, guys, that's the video for you. Real straightforward. Those are your options. Leave a comment down below. Tell us what type of league you're in, the scoring, what you need, everything that's going on. Give us a breakdown, and we will help you find the guys that you need to be picking up. Um, Of course, hopefully I'll remember this time to put some timestamps in the description. But you know what? As always, you guys have a great day, and God bless.